Welcome into The Harvest. I'm Andrew Stroud. If you're new here, our goal is to inspire you to be genuine in your faith and to bring you clarity and tools to help you be effective at living and sharing it in everyday life. We're glad to have you on the journey with us. We're on our holiday break over the next two weeks, so today's episode is actually a bonus audio from a talk I gave about five years ago. I'll say a little more about that in a minute, but first I wanted to mention that we are in the final two weeks of our year-end fundraiser. Now, those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that we have not talked about funding in the past, and we don't plan to talk about it often in the future. But we are a nonprofit ministry that relies on the support of our listening community. And if Into the Harvest has been an encouragement to you this year, we want to ask you to consider making a special donation to help us finish the year on budget and start 2020 out strong. There's a giving link in the show notes of this episode, or you can visit us at intotheharvest.org and click the button at the top of the page. Thanks, friends. Most people are either uninformed or misinformed when it comes to the gospel. And this includes the majority of people who have grown up around church. Why is this, and how can we gain clarity about what the gospel is and what it means for us today? Today's bonus audio covers what the gospel is and reveals three implications for our lives. How does Jesus connect us to the Father, the family, and the fields? And how should it change the way you're living? I believe there's an urgent need today for us to learn and become rooted in the foundational truths of the gospel. Now, most of us have probably heard that word gospel, but what is it? You know, what is the gospel? The gospel is God's message of good news concerning his son, Jesus, who he is, what he has done, what he is doing, and the future that he will bring. So that's the gospel. When we talk about we need to learn and become rooted in the truths of the gospel, the gospel is God's message concerning his son, Jesus. It's good news about his son, Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing today, and what he's going to do in the future. And there's an urgent need for us in this room to understand and become rooted in that message concerning Jesus. Now, many people have spent years attending Christian Sunday services and might have a lot of data, but still little understanding of what it means to be a Christian or how to live as one. People are often lost because they are uninformed, but also because they have too much data. Now, that might sound like a contradiction, but if you've ever tried to learn something and you searched Google, you know that you can be uninformed and have way too much data to make sense of it all. And I think a lot of us, if, if we've grown up going to Sunday services, can find ourselves in that situation where we've got a lot of data, but we're actually uninformed about what the gospel is and how we're supposed to live as Christians. So we have our church buildings these days filled with loads of people who I would say are overeducated and underinformed. But even more people have little or no background with the Christian message. We don't really know a true Christian 
And they don't know the basic truths of God's message either. They don't know what it means to be a Christian or live as one either. And so these folks are often misinformed because the information that they do have about the gospel message comes from outside the gospel sources. So they're misinformed and they have too little data. All right. So we've got a lot of people who are either clueless because they are uninformed and have too much data. Or we have people who are lost because they are misinformed and don't have enough data. But either way, the solution is the same. We need to learn and become rooted in the foundational truths of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. And then we need to turn around and help others learn and become rooted in the message of Jesus. Now, for those of us who are believers, the gospel answers two fundamental questions. The first one is, who are we? And the second one is, how should we live? So who are we? As believers, we are the people who belong to God because we belong to his son, Jesus. And so that's why in our visual, we start by drawing this circle. And some of you who have been here before over the past couple of months, you've seen this. But we draw this circle, and in it, we write the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are the people who belong to him. We're the people who belong to God because we belong to his son, Jesus. He is at the very center of our lives, and he's at the very center of our fellowship. He's the bullseye. He's the focus. So that's why we start with this. This is who we are. This defines us. We're the people who belong to God because we belong to his son, Jesus. We also want to start with this because for those of us who have put our trust in him, we've been brought into his flock. So Jesus is the good shepherd. And for that reason, we belong to him and we follow him. So as Romans 5, 1 says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're the people who belong to God because we belong to his son, Jesus. Okay, well, how should we live? Now that we know that we belong to Jesus, it's important to know that, that he has connected us in three important ways. In fact, in three ways that we were not connected before we belonged to him. Three ways that we were actually disconnected before we belonged to Jesus. And so the first one that we spent some time talking about the last few weeks is the Father. Jesus has connected us with the Father. And we don't just belong to God, we are his children. And that's why when we pray, we don't start, O oh, exalted being, divine ruler, over all creation. Please take a moment to hear the prayer of a small and insignificant human like me. That's not how we pray, right? How did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? He said something like this. His disciples were able to pray, Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth just as it is done in heaven. 
Father, give us the things we need for this day. And forgive us for our mistakes and the ways that we have acted against you. Just as we forgive others when they make mistakes and act against us. Watch over us and help us to not wander into temptation, Father. And keep us safe from those who would do us harm. For the kingdom belongs to you, and the power belongs to you, and the glory belongs to you. Amen. So Jesus has made us God's children. He's connected us to the Father. So John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Someone have those uh, verses memorized where they can quote them for us? But as many as received them, then we gave right from children of God. Even those who believe in his name were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Yeah, exactly. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's pretty awesome. Jesus has connected us with the Father, and we have become his children. And because of that, because of that connection, we need to grow in our relationship with God as his children. So the last few weeks, we've talked about some of the ways that you can grow in your relationship with God. But Jesus also, besides enabling us to gain a spiritual father, has also made us part of a spiritual family. And so Galatians 6.10 says, let's do good to everyone, but especially who? Yeah, family of believers. Yeah, do good to everybody. But especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, the word that's often used to describe this family in the Bible is the word church. So when Jesus said that he would build his church, what he actually meant was that he would build the family of God. And so we need to grow in our connection with other believers. And in a moment, I'm going to give you three things that you can do right away to get started. Now, the third thing that Jesus has connected us to, because we belong to him, is the fields or the family business. The family business or fishing for men. Now, the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples was, follow me and I will what? First thing that he said to his disciples, follow me and you'll be doing what I'm doing. He was actually fishing for them at that moment. So if we belong to him, he's going to want us to be a part of the family business. He's going to want us to be part of fishing for men. The last thing that he said to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew was what? Go and go and make disciples of all nations. All right, so because you belong to Jesus, you're no longer unemployed in God's work. You're not supposed to just sleep in and not show up. You've become part of the family, and the family has a business. And you've been connected to that. God wants you to be a part of it. There's a job that he wants you to do. He wants you to work in the family business. And so because we've been connected to the family business, we need to grow as workers in the family business. And we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. All right. So 
We belong to Jesus. That's who we are. So we don't need to overcomplicate that. We're the people who belong to God because we belong to his son, Jesus. Jesus has connected us in three ways that we were disconnected before. You couldn't pray. In fact, believers today cannot pray the Lord's Prayer. They cannot address God as their Father. He's our Father. Jesus has given us the right or the power to become children of God, to address Him as Father. That's not a right or a power that we had before we received Him, before we believed in Him. And so Jesus has connected us to the Father. And because of that, we need to grow in our relationship with the Father because we're connected. He's also connected us to the family of believers, the church. And that's why we will address each other as brother and sister. We're brothers and sisters in Christ because we belong to the family of believers, the family of God. So God is our Father. You guys are my brothers and sisters. We've all been made part of God's family. And because we've been connected with the family of God, we need to grow in our relationship with other members of God's family. And then finally, we've been connected to the family business, to the fields of harvest. And Jesus, first thing in Matthew, last thing in Matthew that he told his disciples was that he wanted them to be involved in the family business, to fish for men, to make disciples. Now, you may be just getting started. You may not know much about how to work in the family business. That's normal. That's the way it's supposed to start. That's why Jesus started with, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Three years later, he said, go and make disciples. So see, he starts with, come and follow me. But eventually he says, okay, you've got it. Go and make disciples. So we need to grow as workers in the family business and learn the family craft. All right, well, let's loop back to being part of the family. And I want to give you three things as we finish up here, three things that you could do right away that will help you grow as part of the family of God. First is to stop confusing what happens for two hours on Sunday morning with church. That's the first thing that you can do. Remember that the church is the family of believers. Church is not an event. Church is not a place. Because of that, church does not have a start and a finish time. Church does not have a location, so you can't go to it. Just like you wouldn't say, what time does family start? Or uh, where do we go to family? It doesn't really make sense. So instead of focusing on finding the perfect Sunday service to commit to, focus on finding an imperfect family of believers and commit yourself to them. So that's the first thing that you can do to begin growing as a member of the family is to stop trying to find a perfect service to go to on Sunday and focus on finding an imperfect. So it's going to be imperfect, right? So we were talking about this uh, recently, Torn and I. I've got a family with four kids, and uh, it's, it's really, it saddens me sometimes. I, I'll see believers who will opt out of relationships with other believers because they're not doing the activities that, that they want, you know. So maybe, maybe it's singing. And so they're not singing enough. So believers will say, I'm out. I'm going to go find, I'm going to go find some singing. 
that I can enjoy. I mean, that would be like that would be like um, me punching out on my family because they didn't play board games as much as I like to play board games. You know, which which is true, by the way. They don't play board games. As much. But right, where are our priorities? I mean, if church is the family of believers, then what what are the relationships that God has placed you in with other believers that He wants you? to really commit yourself to. And it's going to be imperfect. So don't want the, don't expect the group to be exactly the way you want it to be. My family is not the exact way that I want it to be. I'm probably the biggest problem in that. But you don't punch out on family. And so ask God to show you what group of believers He wants you to really commit to and then give yourself to those relationships. And that will make a huge difference. So many people go to church, but they're not in any deep relationships with other believers. So ask God to show you the family that he wants you to be a part of, and then really commit yourself to growing in those relationships. So that's number one. Number two, once you find that family, gather with them as often as possible. Did you know that you don't have to wait for an official event, an, an official event like Sunday or Tuesday night? You don't have to uh, wait for Sunday morning or Tuesday evening to gather with other believers in the family. We need to gather as often as possible. And when we do, we'll try to practice Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, right? It's the three lettuces of fellowship. It's like the, it's the fellowship salad. So the first one is, let us what? Exactly. So... Even before you gather, you should be considering. Let us consider how we may do what? Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So before we even gather, we're thinking about what would really encourage Lakeith to, to grow in his faith? What, what would really encourage David? How can I challenge those guys? And hopefully they're doing the same for me. So we don't just kind of show up. Hey, time for the meeting to start. But consider, let us consider. And then let us. So that's the gathering part. So the second, if you put that in a positive, instead of saying, let us not give up meeting, we would say, let's meet. So before you meet, consider, how can I spur my brothers and sisters on? Then meet, gather, and do it as much as you can. And the third let us of fellowship is? Let us encourage one another. So that's what happens when you meet. So before you meet, think about how can I spur my brothers and sisters on in their faith. And then meet and focus on encouraging one another when you meet. If you do that, you'll really grow in your connection with the family of believers. Have a barbecue. But don't just have a barbecue. Before the barbecue starts, think about the conversations that you can have, the encouragement that you can bring to others in their faith. So number three, the third thing that you can do to grow as a member of God's family is to find an older believer. Try to find a father or a mother figure in the faith and ask them to mentor and disciple you. Now, you may not be able to find an older father figure or an older mother figure. And one of the reasons is because they're in short supply. Uh, many believers lose their 
fire as they get older. So if you can't find an old person, try to find an older sister or an older brother that you can look up to and learn from. I mean, we do this in life. Do it in the family of God. But find an older believer and ask them if they'll spend extra time with you, mentoring and discipling you in your faith. Don't wait for them to ask you. Go ahead and take the initiative. And John, the first two disciples of Jesus, did not wait for him to start the conversation. Do you guys remember these two guys? Who were they? Close. Andrew was one of them. And the other one is unnamed, but it was probably John. And they had been hanging out with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist had, had seen Jesus, and he basically said, that's the guy you ought to be getting some time with. And so it says that they began trailing Jesus. They were just kind of walking around behind him. And it says, finally, Jesus turned. Anyone remember what he asked? It's kind of funny. Yeah, what do you want? It's like the start of a great spiritual connection, right? What do you guys follow me for? And uh, they didn't even really have a good answer, right? What, remember what they said? Hey, where are you staying? And so uh, basically, we just want to hang out with you if you've got some time. And Jesus said, come and you will see. So pretty cool. Even Jesus, some of his disciples initiated with him, asked him to spend some extra time with them. And uh, Jesus was willing. So those are three things you can do to grow as uh, a member of God's family. First, stop confusing what happens on Sunday morning from 10 to 12 with church. Now, now the family of believers may be meeting then, uh, which is good, but you need to commit yourself to the relationships within that group of believers, not just the event. Church is the family of believers. Secondly, once you've asked God to show you the family of believers he wants you to commit to, meet with them as often as you can. Small groups, twos, threes, fours, ten, twelve. And the third, find an older believer and ask them to spend some extra time with you, mentoring and discipling you. All right, so... Just to kind of wrap up, we need to really learn and become rooted in the gospel. What is the gospel? It's God's message of good news about his son, Jesus. Who he is, what he has done, what he is doing. Awesome ring. (laughs) I think that's... I think it's time to finish. <laughs> so, it's God's message of good news about His Son, Jesus, who He is, what He's done, what He's doing, what He's going to do. It's all part of the good news. So, we need to learn that and then live out of it, be rooted in it. All right, that's why we're kind of hovering on this, because this helps us understand what is it really all about and how can I live it out the rest of the week? That's, that's what we want to be. Thanks for checking out the show today. If you'd like a transcript and a copy of the Father Family Fields visual, you'll find links to them in the show notes. And we'd love to hear from you. What did you learn on today's show and what do you plan to do about it? Let us know in the comments on YouTube or over on our Facebook page under the post for this week's show.